Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Back for another episode of Keeping Current with Kansas City. This is Thad Bell from the Kansas City Soccer Journal. And with me, I have Daniel Sperry from the Kansas City Star. How are you, sir? Doing fantastic. It's a nice, nice Monday. Nice Monday. Uh, a two-win weekend for the two senior teams. Mm-hmm. And if you care about pretty... the Chiefs, that's three. And if you care about the 49ers, there's four. So this did have Kansas City in the name. Mm-hmm. Not 49ers? Saying I had one extra. And Manchester United won. So I had like two extra wins for all of you Kansas City folk. Suckers. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> how many how many championships have those two teams won lately? None. Okay, thank you. Moving on. All right. Sporting had a nice win. Kansas City Current mm-hmm. had a explosive win. A 6-3 Barnmark. win. Scored seven goals. Yeah. What was uh what was your take from up in the press box, man? Um <laughs> I think at times I was wondering where was this uh for large portions of the season. And then the answer to that question is I don't know if they had the personnel to do that um for large portions of the season. Uh I think I think it's interesting. Um I've never felt like the current have played with a single pivot at all this year, except for maybe like one game. Uh, and at the times that they have done it, player like 
Morgan Gautreau uh, coming back from injury, or even at one point, Vanessa DiBernardo was the most defensive-minded midfielder that they had on the field um, with all the injuries that they had, and that also didn't work. He also didn't have the back line behind them. Uh, the Red Stars scored two goals. Um, there was a own goal snafu that nine times out of ten never happens um, that gets them their third. So in reality, we're looking at they created two goals uh, against a team that was just bombing forward against them. Um, it was a complete performance, I think, as a whole. Um, I don't, I like I said, I, I just can't. I, I I understand why the score line is three goals. I just in my head, I'm not calling it three goals uh, for Chicago just because they didn't do anything to like they they weren't even pressuring. Paul Sager. Uh, that's a frustrating mistake that happens. But when you score six goals, you can overlook that. Um, and the way that they created those goals, I think Lowe said it really good in the post game. Um, they, if they high pressed them, they just played over the top of them. If they dropped off, then they just played through the middle of them. Um, and they were able to do that with the way that they were set up. They played tactically a little bit like sporting, but I think with a little bit higher pressing uh, setup. <clears throat> than sporting wood but the formational side um the overlap kind of fluid triangles in the wide spaces between uh the the eight the winger and the fullback um led to some really really beautiful soccer all around alex loera was pinging passes all around the field from the defensive midfielder spot um so one of her best games in terms of accurate passing and ball distribution um, as a defensive midfielder, really good to see her play that role as a lone six, the single pivot uh, in that midfield uh, for at least 60 plus minutes of that game. Um, so very impressive work from the team. I liked the way that they were set up. Again, they, they may not have had the personnel in the right spots and right times to do it that, this year to be set up like that. But man, that was that was something that they played good soccer, good attack, attractive attacking soccer. They beat Chicago in a variety of ways, um, but they did so uh, for the majority looking extremely competent throughout it. Who was your player of the match? To me, it was Alexis Spanstra. Uh, just the way that she was comfortable on the ball um, and the willingness to just take on defenders and put them on their heels um, I actually think Lola Bonta had a really, really good game as well um, from like a tempo controlling perspective in the midfield where um, a lot of times Lowe is really aggressive and wants to go. And sometimes it's not the right time. But I think throughout that whole game, she really picked the, the perfect moments of when to go and when not to. Um, but like the second goal, the combination between her and Lowe and Spanstra um, with the back heel into the path of Lowe um, is, is a beautiful goal. Uh, Alexa played fantastic all night long. So for me, I think Spanstra, Spanstra is the player that like stood out the most for me the whole game because she was a, if that's the type of performance that we get from Alexa more often, she's going to be a very, 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 very good winger in this league um, uh, in the likes of some others. So um, really cool to see that development out of her um, over the course of the season. We, I thought she did well in the friendly um in the limited amount of time that we got her in there and then you do it against a you know in my opinion a better opponent than Monterey was and she looked even better in that setup so um good to see a rookie get confidence but yeah for me she was for me she was definitely player of the game there's a lot of other performances that you kind of got to circle and highlight as well 
Yeah, and I'm not going to argue with Spanster being the player of the game. Uh, actually, I'd asked Coach Caroline Herblum about, mm-hmm. you know, which rookies had come the farthest in this this season, and Spanster was the first one she named uh, about just how far she'd yeah. come and how she was ready to play and just how much she had talked about her. Uh, and then she goes out and does that performance. It was pretty spectacular. I, 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 I want to interject one thing real quick. Just I, I think back to the very first game of the year and like you watched it, you knew Michelle Cooper was going to be really good and was going to be effective in the minutes that she played this year. Um, Alexa Spanstra also started that game and she did not look that way. Right. She looked out of her depth. It was rough. Uh, the first couple of appearances she had, she looked like she was just a little out of her depth at that time. So to go to, you know, to where we're talking about her now, to have that kind of growth is quite incredible. Yeah, and it is that that growth. Cooper has had quite a bit of growth. I mean, she went from being one that you could recognize was in the right place, but not quite there yet, to she's been uh, really good on the wing. But you, she progressed, but maybe not the distance that Spanster did. Uh, but still, I, like looking at the player of the game thing, I would actually go back to Loera, Loetta. Yeah just because how well she was picking that ball around. She had two assists, I believe. Spanster mm-hmm. had the goal and the assist. Um, yeah. I think Dabinia had a goal and assist. I mean, there was a lot of players that had multiple points in that game. Um, Izzy Rodriguez, a goal and assist. That's another yep. one. Yep. Spectacular goal from her. So there's a lot of players that could be actually, that shouldn't be player of the match. It should be players of the match maybe. Yeah, um, I think I think too on the Cooper thing. I want to go back. This is a shameless plug, but on the article that I wrote about her and Gabby Gabrielle Robinson um, a few weeks back, um, was talking about it. You know, she didn't play wing in college, uh, and so I know, sure, a couple of years maybe uh, for her. Um, you know, she uh, of of not playing on the wing. Uh, Okay, but you go from, okay, maybe I played wing for a high school club level to the next time I'm being asked to be a winger, it's in the NWSL. Um, regardless of how long it's been, that's a significant jump in uh, in quality and in uh, even like the level of what is being asked of a winger at a professional level versus uh, a, a youth club level or even a youth national team level. Um, so I, I think... Um, that was one thing that we talked about of just like relearning a position, but doing it at the pro level. And as like a 19 year old um, was kind of crazy. And I think really a testament to how smart she is and how well she will continue to adapt and grow throughout the league. Um, The last couple of games, I think we've seen her, you know, before the, before I wrote that article, she was still second on the team in shot creating actions um, uh, and shot creating actions for 90 minutes. Um, the only person who was creating more than her was Dabinia. And so uh, the ability for her to create those chances, but uh, you know, I talked about the fact that the end product wasn't there. She didn't really have very many assists. Um, she only had one goal from open play. Um, so like, you know, the next level is growing and it's getting that end product. And you saw um, a little bit of that the, the other night. I know she was offside, but she finished the chance that she got where she could go 1v1. Um, and that one, she definitely was offside for. Uh, and then... Um, you know, she gets the assist there too uh, on, uh, I think, on Kaiser's goal. 
um, you know, she created a lot down that right-hand wing in that match. So a, a testament to her growth along with Alexa's. I think it just looks different because of just, I, I and I don't mean this like to be, like take a shot at Alexa, but like she looked really out of her depth uh, in those first couple of games where with Cooper, you really thought, okay, there's definitely pieces there. Um, she can play now where Alexa, you felt like it was going to take time and it took time, but um, I think they both are going to be very dangerous um, pieces for this team moving forward, hopefully. And I'm sure fans will hope for years to come. Yeah. And whenever you look at a player and go, well, it's going to take time for them to get there. You never really know that they're going to get there. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, you can see like good pieces from a player and say, but they're not ready to play at this level. Hopefully, you know, the next year they'll, they'll figure it out, but there's lots of players who never do. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of players that come in as great players from college and then they just, they hang around for a couple of years and they, they fade away. So a lot of credit to Spanstra for continuing to step up her game and yeah. just getting better and better. Cause, and again, it's not an insult to her where she was. That's just a fact of life coming out of college to the pro game. It's also a fact of life. Why Michelle Cooper was picked so highly in the first round mm -hmm. of what she was being ready to contribute at least at some level. Uh, I think she still has room to grow and will continue to also. Yeah. Actually sure. pretty good. Like if you look at the three rookies who played the most, yeah. those two and Gabby, Gabrielle Robinson, they have all had little bit different journeys and different, you know, things thrust upon them, but they've all actually rose to the occasion fairly well. Yeah, I agree. Um, even, I mean, maybe a little bit with Ryland Childers, too. We saw a ton of her in the friendly. She was one of the only few players who went 90 minutes, but she looked really good. Um, looked to be making quicker decisions with the ball, which I thought was my biggest knock on her um, uh, during early in the season when she was getting minutes here and there or started a Challenge Cup game in Louisville, I think. you know, um, It was just one of those things that I saw, and I was like, okay, there's stuff there, but you've got to get rid of the ball quicker at the pro level. Um, and she definitely did in that Monterey game. And it was really good distribution. Um, you know, of course, the only one we haven't, the only rookie we didn't really see anything from at all this year is Silkowitz, who has been on uh, the DL 45, which for some of those of you who don't know what that is or didn't know that that existed, because I had someone ask me about that the other day. Um, the D 45 is like a non-season, like there's a, regardless, either list, there's a minimum amount of games that you can be on that. Um, and they players do, I, I think so players do not require on there. I have to remember if they require a roster spot or not um, on the season ending injury list, they don't require an, uh, a international spot and they don't in, or don't require a roster spot. Um, if they're on the season ending injury list, but the D45 is a way to not put them on season ending because there's a minimum amount of days that they have to be on there. Um, so if it's like one of those where like they might be out for six weeks, that's a great place to put a player. Um, Silkowitz has been on that with a hand injury for a while and we haven't gotten what we've seen in training. She's not too bad, um, but the and it never got any game minutes out of her um, for a hand injury. And, but she will be going on loan in, to Australia this yes. summer. Um, so we'll see a little bit of her there, maybe. I'm sure we will. I don't think her injury is so bad that she couldn't have uh, come off the list if they needed to have a backup keeper. No, and she is, I mean, she's in f as full of training as 
I've uh, like there's no doesn't seem to be very many limits to what her training is at the moment either. And there there was earlier in the year there was a month or so ago that maybe two month and a half that she was not doing regular full rotation practice, but she has been for a while now. Yeah, so that and that's again the problem with the keeper, especially when you got two keepers ahead of you like AD and Cassie. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry to derail the original thought, but yes, they they made good on the on the draft picks for the most part. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go back to actually something you said earlier about that. Uh, that own goal doesn't happen 95 percent of the time. That own goal doesn't happen 99.999 percent of the time. Yeah, I just I mean it's it's a fluke moment, man. I think the last time I've seen it live in a game was a U15 girls game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember, I think I remember winning a game because of that in like high school soccer because they passed it back to the keeper and he whiffed on the, the kick out. And, and that one wasn't just, oh, I messed up my touch. This was like, let me try and boot it and whiffed. Yeah. The ball was going faster on the turf than he thought, but. Anyways, <clears throat> I I think I've seen that uh get me a win in an indoor game where but it was uh the ball coming around the boards, and yeah. the, the goalie goes down to get it and just goes off his hand and into the goal instead of being caught. It's one of those where like I don't know maybe at times your everything for pro athletes is so second nature that when when you like for for just a second. If you're thinking about something else before executing, uh, you know, you get a moment like that. And I don't think AD immediately, you know, put her hand up and said, I, you know, I, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And players went over and kind of dapped her up and said, you know, it's all right, we got your back. And, um, you know, they, she didn't need to make too very many saves after that anyways, but um, Chicago really didn't do anything to threaten in the second half outside of the one goal that they scored. And I think just a, that was a kind of a crazy uh, a good play, a, a very good play by them to create that chance and a very good ball to the back post and just kind of had everybody scrambling and they finished it and you tip your cap and move on. But yeah, uh, ultimately, I thought everybody played pretty well uh, for the current uh, on on Saturday. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Yeah, both of the Chicago girls seem to. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Be uh, kind of like mad scramble, chaos in the box goals, mm-hmm. where uh, pretty much all the current goals, if not all of them, were actually nicely taken shots. You know, yeah. build up plays. Well, well taken finishes. I, you know, some of them are a little route one over the top. Yeah. I think, you know, outside of CC's goal, um, all three goals that were scored in the second or four goals that were scored in the second half. What was it? Three, four? There's three. There's three and three. So outside of CC's goal, I think there was what two that were very route one over the top um goals. And he, he, even in a way, the goal. The ball that was played. So I'm thinking back to the goal that Lowe scored. So route one ball over the top to Kristen Hamilton, but Hamilton played it nicely to Spanster, who made the run, and Lowe made the run there for the cutback from Spanstra to finish and dribbled in. But yes, all of them very well taken shots. Like Dabinia's Dabinia's finish on Nair is evil because she eyes that far post curler the whole way. And then just a little dink between the defender's legs and had Alyssa Nair like completely caught off guard. Um, brilliant finish. See, this is one of those where I will, I've often been a critic of what I would call long ball, the old English style. But to me, there's a very fine line between long ball and through balls. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so through balls, you know, cutting up the defense, long balls is just hoping somebody can outrun your defender, yeah. the other, def- you know. So to me, I kind of, I still give a lot of credit to the skill level of three balls versus the pure athleticism of long balls. You know what, does that make sense? Sure. That might just be in my own mind, the way I see things. (laughs) All right. Good win. Doesn't help them out or or they were already out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Might help them move up a couple of spots in the, in the standings. If they can get a win this weekend at Gotham. Maybe avoid the winnings, the wooden spoon. I don't know, uh, depending on what happens with Chicago as well. So, um, but yeah, you, you know, it's crazy. These, these score lines against Chicago, the first game in Chicago, four to two, the second game in the challenge cup in KC, four to nothing. I'll come back to the third game, but then the last one was six to three. That third game is a zero, zero draw. How on earth did either of these teams with the score lines that we've seen in three of those four games come together and have a zero, zero draw? In the Challenge Cup, I, I it blew me away. Uh, strategically tactical defense? No bullshit. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Penalty. Low had a penalty saved in that game. That's all. But still, I'm trying to think back to that game. If was there something special about it? Like tiredness? Oh, uh, boring. It was a boring, boring zero zero draw. It's probably why I don't remember much about it. <laughs> You may have had something else to worry about. Yeah. Might have been watching something else is what you're trying to say? I don't know. No, not, I'm not saying you would have been watching something else. Maybe you were maybe you were out of town or something. I don't know. 
Could be. All right, so up against Gotham this weekend. (laughs) Good old Gotham. Potential um, last game for some people, perhaps coaching staff. Uh, Yeah. Players that are not in contract or will be out of contract after the season, potential last game for them. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, that when you come to the last game of the season and you know that this will be the last game of the year, um, you know, that's always in your mind of like, all right, is this going to be the last game that this person sees? Um, you know, I think you look at the players who are all free agents. Um, I think it, it, that are at least within the free agency setup. Um, I think most of those situations seem pretty clear what would and wouldn't happen. Um, but, uh, and I don't think any of those players actually have a, maybe one has a realistic shot at playing uh, this weekend. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. Um, it, it's one of those where, you know, at the end of the season, it, it's part of the league. It's part of the business of the game. Uh, at some point, um, players move on. And that's just kind of how it is. And coaches as well. And, you know, as long as Caroline has been in charge of the team, she's still been with the interim tag um, as their head coach uh, for a while. And, you know, if, if, if they were, I'm at a point where I feel like if she was the one that they were going to hire, they wouldn't have waited to, to do it. Um, So I, I I don't know. I I just have a, a hunch that this is probably, um, her last game in charge and you know I, at that point I don't think you can bring back someone who coached the team for that long and it's a, a an unfortunate situation but I do think I think Carol's done a decent job at times and um, so probably you know I, th- I think we can all read the tea leaves and figure this is probably uh, her last game in charge um, yeah uh, it's the interim so I know we'll have a pod after the season to Kind of maybe break down where everything went right or went wrong. I was like, can't, can't say any, everything went right because there's not that much that did. Yeah. Uh, I think she was put in a very bad situation. Of course, I think Potter was put in a terrible situation. Mm-hmm. So just the way the roster was compiled and who was available and who wasn't and the inner turmoil that must have been taking place that I can't quote anybody about. But it's... uh. I wish her a lot of goodwill to wherever she ends up going, assuming that she's not here next year. Yeah. Same with that. I think she, she has, like, like we've talked about too before on this pod, just kind of like what we've seen is maybe some of her strengths and weaknesses. And we've seen that, you know, she has really good tactical ideas. Um, But I think she's at times as someone who's very used to worrying about youth development, given her past head coaching, um roles uh she has at times you know talked about the process of getting uh, uh the process and the, the playing um versus the results and i think at times maybe um you know they were a little too focused on that but i think that's the learning curve of someone who's put in a position that she's in um but yeah i it'll be interesting to see what what all this team looks like the next time when they open that new stadium, uh, it's, there's going to be, there's going to be some changes. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see what, um, what that looks like next year when that comes. And 
but yeah, I think this is one of those those moments where you know changes on the horizon, and it's just kind of getting through this game and figuring out what that change is going to be. Yeah, that's uh, I I wonder how long before they actually make those announcements. Uh, and I'm yeah. assuming the next coach will have to come in and start making the changes as soon as possible to to help build the roster towards what he wants. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot in the next month or so. What he or she wants, Thad. What he or she wants. Nothing's official yet. Nope, nothing is official yet. <laughs> um, so anything else we should discuss today, Mr. Sperry? <laughs> look at that quick change of subject there no i think i think we've covered it all i think uh just some final thoughts it was I, it was good to see them close out uh their home uh stretch with with a game like the one that we got uh on saturday you know fifteen thousand plus yeah. people and um six three win uh that that that's a good home finish to the season in front of fans and i think we'll uh for the most part i think help um hype uh, the new stadium for those that are I'm going to be there. Uh, that attendance record that we got um, will probably stand for a little while um, because until they expand that stadium or play another game somewhere else where they have more fans, um, if and when Arrowhead is fit to uh, host a soccer game, I wouldn't be surprised to see them try and put a game in there. So, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting for the next weeks, and it'll be an interesting game this weekend against Gotham. Um, see how coach even wants to put players out there and um, with it being the last game of the season and and ultimately um, with the eye turned towards 2024. Yeah, and Gotham will be needing to win this because they'll be hoping to move up a spot in the standings. Kansas City can play spoiler a little bit in that. But just going back to that last game of the year aspect, a, a record-setting crowd again and – but it was just so good to have the fans rewarded for showing up. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, they didn't have to with everything that's been going on uh, mm -hmm. with, you know, the team not playing well, but they showed up, they set a new record. Fans were rewarded for it. The players were rewarded for their hard work by having a good ending to the season, even if next game is a loss. So they've had, they have a nice ending to the season, even if they don't do anything else. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this: you do Gotham are fighting for their playoff lives still, and this is a team, the current team. They put a good beat down on Gotham when they came here. Um, so one of their few, uh, I wouldn't say few. We've got we've got eight wins, which is as many wins as Gotham have. They just have more, a lot more losses that were not draws. Um, I mean, this is a team that uh, is the current could could very well play spoiler for. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, to, if results go the right way, because um, they, they haven't clinched playoffs yet. And there are, oh, looks like. All the way down to eighth place could pass them. Like literally eight teams that could potentially, that are uh, the only two teams, the top, bottom two teams and the top two teams, the only two teams who have their fate sealed um, of postseason play. So everyone else is potentially on the chopping block based on what happens below them. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. I don't know if Houston is actually mathematically eliminated, but you might as well say they are. 
Well, let's see. I mean, if Rain were to lose and dash one, they could leapfrog him, depending on what else happens. They could. But yeah, anyway. So I think it's pretty doubtful at this point. Okay. But we'll hey, it'd be fun if it happens. It'll be quite interesting. Decision day and end of itself is going to be chaotic. That's, that's all I can say. It'll be absolutely chaotic. Yeah. I'm, And I'm one that hates live standings, but that's going to be very interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Anything else today? Nope. I think we're good. And... Uh... Oh, the other thing I was going to mention was the Sportico rankings on teams value. Casey oh, Kerr came in yes. third. Yep. Saw that. That's uh, not too bad a performance for being a third-year team that doesn't have a stadium. Correct. But they will have their own stadium here uh, shortly. And I think the valuation of facilities, I think, goes plays a pretty big role in that um, at yeah. the moment. Uh, obviously, Angel City up up there up top because of their ownership and the amount of reach that they have within LA. Um, and even globally, they got their, you know, featured series on whatever television network that was for a while that was, um, you know, gloating and glowing about them um, despite not making the playoffs in the last two years. So we'll see. Um, San Diego second. San Diego and, second. And they yeah. don't have their own stadium either. We technically do not. In fact, they're going to become the third tenant in their own stadium. Well, yep, much to their chagrin. the uh, I think their coach made a pretty big deal about the fact that they are not given scheduling priority um, for the stadium uh, as opposed to the new San Diego FC. Um, they were a little disappointed by that. Yeah, and I understand that. I understand why they would be disappointed is what I mean. Yep. Although I, I could see an MLS team drawing more than them, but they have to prove that first. So Yep. I don't know if I was if I was managing that stadium, I'd be saying, Okay, you get one pick, you get one pick, and just start going that way. Correct. All right. Well, I will uh see you at training sometime soon. Yep. Sometime this week. And probably at the very interesting to come postseason pressers. Very interesting to come. They will be will be the first time. I think it'll be the first time. I I mean, I assume Camille Ashton will be made available. It'll be the first time that we have talked to her since she fired Matt Potter. Which was three days too late. When the Correct. availability was. Yes, the availability was three days too late. Yeah. We'll see. We'll uh we will see if she is there to introduce the new coach. All right. Appreciate everybody listening. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, whatever all those things I'm supposed to say is. And let us know if you have any questions that you want us to dig into. And we are out.